0: Hello oh, and welcome to Saturday Night Hive. I'm Candace, and I'm here with my friend Heba. Hello, Heba. Hi, Candace. So today we're talking about an episode that, frankly, I feel is the absolute combination of pop culture today, which is Jake Gyllenhaal and Camila Cabello. Here's my thing: neither of these people—I'm just gonna say it—neither of these people are actually people my friends care about. My friends literally never rush to stream Camila. My friends really never like break the box office for a Jake Gyllenhaal episode. But I really feel like 70-year-old executives at Universal Music Group, when they think, LOL, who should we cast in this movie? They think Jake. And when they think, oh my God, who should we have play Cinderella in an Amazon Prime adaptation? It's Camila Cabello. And so... Basically, what I'm trying to say is this episode was basic, and that's how I feel.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with you. To be honest, I was just really underwhelmed by this episode, and that might also be because I just don't care about Jake Gyllenhaal or Camila mm-hmm. Cabello. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't stand them. Honestly, I feel like they should both retire. Their time has pretty much passed. Yes. And you could tell, like, Jake came on and started giving his monologue, and he was like, i haven't hosted in 15 years like basically he was saying what we were all thinking which is like i'm a random pick for a host and mm-hmm. i did appreciate him breaking out into celine dion during the monologue but other than that honestly that was like the highlight of the episode for me
0: i love that you say celine dion i do think it's celine dion
1: oh no i feel like i should know that my mom loves her i have stand by it okay <laughs> people will know who i'm talking about sure um yeah
0: I agree I think like really there are maybe like 10 people who still stand Jake Gyllenhaal and these people are like 40 year olds who loved 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 Brokeback Mountain and I also love Brokeback Mountain I'm just saying this is not the same Jake Jake has turned into and basically multiplied his DNA into like this different type of actor and I also just want to say I personally find him to be just A little creepy because he seems to refuse to date any woman who was born in the same decade as him. And on top of that, I really feel like we're forgetting that Taylor Swift's 10-minute all-too-well performance was literally the season. It was literally the season. How dare they? How dare they? And I actually feel like this is my first problem with this episode, which is that the monologue was such a missed opportunity for jake to make a joke about that to say something like it's so funny that this is the same stage where someone like oh i don't know wrote a song about someone for 10 minutes or something like that and or you know like you said he mentioned that he hasn't been here for 15 years it would have been funny for him to be like yeah it's like Why would you mention something that happened eight years ago on Thanksgiving or something like that? Like That is something Kim Kardashian would have done, and she won for it. That is not something Jake Gyllenhaal wants to do. I just think he has wooden eyes, and my whole take is that he is some kid from LA who was once told he could sing kind of well, and he took it too far.
1: (laughs) That was all really good, really super valid points about Taylor Swift. To be honest, I... Didn't have a huge problem with Jake Gyllenhaal until he played Prince of Persia as a white man. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm super offended by this as a Middle Eastern person, but also like a million other brown guys could have played this like you didn't need to do that and put on brown face or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just feel like as hard as he tries to not be problematic and like, He shows up with his like sunny disposition and like he pretends he's game to be like whatever person in a sketch like he's just is problematic like he's just been problematic and so I, Mm -hmm. I don't really have a lot of forgiveness for him so like obviously I came into the episode jaded and also he didn't wow me and so there's not really a reason for me to stand.
0: Exactly. And I'm offended on your behalf. And I honestly think that any time that he opened his mouth and sang in this episode, I cringed openly. And at the end of the day, I think Hollywood is having a really hard time realizing that young people do not care about Jake Gyllenhaal. We don't want to see him. And he's so like, he's such a Hollywood person that is not as cool as the industry thinks he is. Yeah. And it just really bothers me. But let's really get into like the nitty gritty of specifically what about him irks us. Maybe we do this. Maybe we start with things we did like. For example, I will admit I did kind of like the first sketch that was called Why Do You Like It? And it was basically just guys and a girl being judged rightly for things they've liked on Instagram I think it would have been funnier if the show was literally called "Why Did You Like Emily Ratajkowski's Photo?" Because that is like a genuine thing that is happening in you know modern relationships. But I'll say this: I like the sketch. I thought it was very high concept. I thought it was very technologically done well. Now I do wish that they had swapped out one of the guys for like a female perspective. Because frankly, and Hibba, please tell me what you think. I would argue. Jack Harlow is our emrata, meaning <laughs> he is someone that we smash the like button on, and some people may not be happy about that.
1: Wow, that was such an interesting take um mm-hmm. i did I did like that um sketch, and like you said, it really commented on something that's super relevant for people today, like why are you liking some like random girls' Instagram if mm-hmm. you don't know her at all like it really comes down to the root reason of like oh i wish this person would message me Mm -hmm. like so that i could be romantically entangled with them right Mm -hmm. um to borrow a word from jada smith yep yep um i'll give jake props because he didn't come into this with nick jonah's energy so he (laughs) didn't need to be the hottest guy in it in the room at all times like Mm -hmm. he was game to play the character that was like obviously problematic like in the game show sketch why'd you like it or he was game like in the spring flowers sketch or like the cabaret night sketch where they were like singing about being mediocre he was game to like be like the weird like cringe mediocre one um i think also though he shouldn't get so much credit for that because he's an established actor and celebrity Mm -hmm. like it's much easier to be like the odd one out when people know that you've been cool for 20 plus years um so yeah I know we said we were going to talk about things we liked but <laughs> it just brings me full circle I wanted to give him that props and like because you know SNL they need the host to like be flexible right like they need the host to sometimes play a weird character and he did that but I think in the wider context of celebrity it doesn't get him as much points as I would give For somebody who's, like, newer and has less, like, celebrity street cred. I think you
0: make such a good point, Hibba, because that is the root of my problem with Jake Gyllenhaal, which is that he is weird and he is kooky and he's freaky. And I give him that. Like, go do what you want to do. However, knowing all he did and all too well, knowing and hearing stories about him with, like, 24-year-old interns at production companies, like... The way that he places himself in these sketches is almost as the underdog, as like the weird guy, the one who no one is ever on the side of. But the problem is, one, unfortunately, Jake Gyllenhaal is like, I would say, conventionally attractive to a certain Western audience. But two, Mm -hmm. he's been an A-lister for 20 plus years. His family, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. his sister Maggie Gyllenhaal, literally was nominated for like several Oscars this year. Nothing about his life, his experience, and his celebrity, as you say, is the underdog sympathetic story. And I think, like, that is annoying. And I actually think that is the perfect way to describe my feeling about him. I am so annoyed. (laughs) Annoyed.
1: Yeah, no, that was, that's also exactly how I feel. Like, people forget that he comes from an established family. Like you said, his sister, also a serious actress. Um, there's no way that, like, he actually relates in his real life to any of these characters that he's playing, right? And so, yeah, it just gives it an element of, like, when you know that and when you realize that, it gives it an element of, like, oh, he's pretending, mm. like, in a non-genuine way. Mm. I will mm. say, okay, I liked one sketch in this episode, and that was the Dream Home Cousins sketch. Oh, Yeah. And honestly, he was so unremarkable in it. Like you could have swapped (laughs) him out for any other guy because the point of the sketch was that Lillian, who is like the woman in the couple, isn't getting any features that she wants in her dream home because her mother-in-law is like taking over and she needs room for like all of her cat's medical equipment and like her... 85 like statuettes and like all of this like crazy crazy stuff so to be honest i like that because it was like a very funny take on all those home remodel shows which i love and watch anyways and the writing was strong and everyone who was in it was pretty good and like yeah any one of the cast could have played jake's character and it wouldn't have mattered i would have still liked that sketch
0: I think you're totally right. I also liked it because it was a funny concept. I do think it was just a little too long for me. But I also wish they had made more jokes about how awkward cousins can be with each other. And another sketch that I did enjoy enough was Cabaret Night, where he was kind Mm -hmm. of in a line with like Cecily and Bo and Yang. And I actually think that the way that they paced that was really good. And the way that he like hit his beats, he was actually like hitting his tone and his marks. Great, 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 great yeah however that is the only time that i actually enjoyed him singing because the other times that he was singing i swear to god when we got to spring flowers that is when the episode really turned into like a downhill spiral for me yeah he was singing in that he was singing in truck stop cd he was singing in the that. he wouldn't shut up and i understand that some people really enjoyed that like youtube video of him rehearsing for sundays in the park with george but like he wasn't that good in the entire video so i don't know who keeps telling him that he should go on live television and sing it's like too much please
1: do you think that snl is trying to tell us that he's gonna record an album like is that the next iteration because you're right there was so much singing and all of it was mediocre
0: all of it was mediocre i mean the worst thing that could have happened, and I swear to God we were this close, the worst thing that could have happened is if him and Pete Davidson did a pre-tape music video and he rapped. Mm-hmm. That'd be the worst thing, right? That would have been and terrible, the th- yeah. And the thing is, unfortunately, I do think we got a little bit too close Um, in the couples therapy sketch the thing was, it was a fine sketch, but the problem was I really feel like Jake Gyllenhaal picked the sketch just so he could pull off like AAVE, and I didn't need that. I really yeah. didn't ask for that in 2022. Yeah. And it it's so remarkable how unremarkable he was, like you said, in all of these sketches. But do you think there was any other redeeming quality of this episode at
1: all? He well he didn't grab the mic from Mila Cabello which after all of his singing I don't know like now though we're just giving him credit for for nonsensical things right like we don't expect that he would actually do that Um, I will say like I don't really have any more like silver linings of him to be honest I just think that he's not like self aware Mm -hmm. he's not self aware enough to have redeeming qualities right because like you said if he had gone on and like acknowledged the taylor swift stuff and like you know had kind of said something then i think that that kind of humanizes the villain right it makes Mm -hmm. them like oh okay like i understand that like people don't like me because of xyz thing or understands that like i'm like a white guy Mm -hmm. in this like a privileged white guy that's been famous for 20 years like like he just didn't acknowledge any of that and he tried instead to be like to paper over it and that's like that's what really bothers me right like i would rather him have done all these terrible things and then gone up and been like i know that like some people don't like me because i broke taylor swift's heart and like xyz reasons but like I'm still going to, like, give you a good shout. You know, just, like, the lack of self-awareness is really difficult. And it, it's the other thing is, like, we know that he's not actually oblivious, mm-hmm. right? Like, as a celebrity, he's got a whole PR team. I'm sure he, like, reads what the tablets say about him. Like, pe- he knows how people mm-hmm. perceive him. Like, it was a choice to not acknowledge any of that stuff. And, like, I don't know, like, whoever said, like... All PR is good PR, like that's just not true. In the case of Jake Gyllenhaal, like it's just really not given. Like how angry we've become over the course of this episode. Such
0: such good points, Hibba. I mean, one other reason why I really hated him by the end of this episode is because a big conversation people were having about All Too Well is the fact that. Jake John Hall was considerably older than Taylor Swift when their relationship allegedly happened. Yeah. With that being said, so much of his sketches and his characters were like undertoned with like this sexual innuendo, this like sexual creepiness and obsession. And that is creepy. That is creepy when a creepy person keeps yeah. bringing that up in so many different circumstances that don't warrant it. And, It's like funny. I almost feel like he almost reads too much about himself Mm -hmm. because contrast him to someone like Chris Pine. Chris Pine famously has only used a flip phone until like a few months ago, and he actually Mm -hmm. is thinking about throwing his iPhone away. But Chris Pine, I would argue, is quite good at understanding his place in the role of like film, Hollywood, pop culture, blah, 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 which is he knows he's not at the center of it. Jake Gyllenhaal really really took up the room as if he was at the center of it all and I actually yeah. think that really bothered me to the point where I was like I never want to be in a room with you I never want to hear you see you smell you it's done yeah We're done.
1: <laughs> it also it reminded me a little bit of the John Krasinski episode although mm. Jake Hall and John Krasinski have really different vibes and reputations like obviously John Krasinski is a lot more beloved but I feel like they're kind of in the same class of like these white guy actors that have been play famous for 20 plus years like Jake Gyllenhaal could have been a John Krasinski if he was a better person and if he was more self-aware and didn't date 20 something year olds as a 40 year old right it's just like exactly. that comparison also like I love the John Krasinski episode and I think he didn't actually perform the episode that differently right like he the thing that i liked about him was he was like very game to like play any of the odd beard characters like jake technically did that right like he fulfilled Mm -hmm. that criteria that i usually set for hosts but because of all of the like darkness around his Mm -hmm. persona and the drama it didn't hit the same yeah oh that's such a good comparison
0: and it just at the end of the day makes me so mad that people were so obsessed about that meme of jake Jalen hall lupita nyong'o And the caption's always like, that one white boy of the month. It's just like, guys, (laughs) we we really let ourselves get away from the story here.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
0: So... There's a lot to say about Jake. I do want to add a quick little divot here because I have to say for Weekend Update, I really liked the trend forecasters played by A.D. Bryant and Bowen and Yang. I'll be really honest with you. The first time they came on the update desk, I did not understand them. But now I actually really do like them. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I loved them. Um, I like that this is a recurring segment because I feel like every time it gets better and better. Um, i also love that they did a few things right so they have a catchphrase which is go to bed bitch Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's just funny because like nobody really says that and it's the type of thing that those type of people would say but at some point michael J was like why do you keep saying go to bed and um bowen played it like so well i don't know if he wrote this or whoever wrote it was like because they have to go to bed because they have an early flight to hell. <laughs> i <I'm> just like, <laughs> thought that was so funny. I also love that um, at some point, A.D. Bryant, like Michael Che said something to them. And A.D. was like, keep it down, Mike. And I've mm-hmm. never heard anyone call Michael Che Mike. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like so obviously perfect for a trend forecaster because she's like, that's not your name. But like, I'm making it your name. Mm-hmm um my last favorite thing about this is, segment is that every time they do it one of them or both of them is like very close to breaking and you can yeah. sort of tell yeah, yeah you can sort of tell so i enjoy it when they do that and the outfits are always really good too
0: the outfits are really good and i i'm convinced that this is a fun recurring segment can't wait for it to come back but one thing that i don't need to come back is Camila cabello okay Hiba I gotta start with you here
1: yeah do you have
0: any thoughts on Camila Cabello or her performances or anything
1: okay I have a lot of thoughts on her um not particularly her performances I thought her performances are kind of like blah whatever but I feel like she has a reputation problem right like really similar mm. to Jake Gyllenhaal like first of all like in the Shawn Mendez Camila Cabello breakup like I, along with everyone else took sean mendez aside. obviously <laughs> like nobody wants to be her friend anymore um so that's a big thing also she's like allegedly racist or like in mm-hmm. the past was racist to normani mm-hmm. when they were in a group together and like in my mind you really you can't really recover from that mm-hmm. especially if like you're not you haven't become a better person since that time um so yeah i i I don't really enjoy her music. I was annoyed that one year that her song Havana was on, like, Obama's, like, Songs of the Summer or whatever. And I was like, Obama, why are you being so basic right now? (laughs) I was pissed. Oh, my God. But those are all my thoughts about Camila Cabello. And I also didn't know Willow Smith was featured on one of her songs. I, like, I was like, wow, okay, this is an interesting collab. But I don't really have a lot of thoughts on her.
0: Yeah. I mean, Hiva, you are so funny
1: because...
0: You're right. When the split happened, America chose. America decided. Yeah. and It was not Camilla. Um, So Mm. here I'm going to start with my weaknesses. My weaknesses are that I unfortunately actually kind of like her song, that bomb bomb song with Ed Sheeran. Like when it is on the radio, I do sing to it. However, I really enjoyed the performance because Ed Sheeran was not in it. And so I'm like, great. Bonus points, fun, colorful, great. I think her second performance, which was Psycho Freak featuring Willow Smith, was fine. I just think it was really funny to see Willow Smith on stage because her dad, Will Smith,
1: recently yeah.
0: won an Oscar, did a little slip slap slop.
1: They know. Um, they
0: know. <laughs> resigned from the Oscars and got banned that week. And so I was kind of like, yeah, go off emo girl, even though we know that something is going on with your dad right now. All it proved to me is that literally the Smiths are both everywhere and they are inevitable. And frankly, I was just like, this is very funny to me, but it's fine. Anyway, back to Camilla. I agree with you, Hibba. I think you're actually making a very good point that the reason Jake Gyllenhaal and Camilla Cabello are the perfect pairing is because no one likes them. No one actually likes them. If they do, they are living in a sleeper cell. And if I was trying to plan a sweet 16 and my child said to me, mom, I really want to get a big pop star to perform at my sweet 16. I unfortunately would probably be like, is Camila Cabello? Okay. Do you like her? Like I'm assuming (laughs) things (laughs) about a demographic that I have no idea about. And I really think that is how the industry views us. And it is hilarious how this woman finds her way to SNL, to Carpool Karaoke. Her and James Corden are both kind of of the same thread, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And she's going to keep going. I can't stop her. She's going to keep
1: going. Yeah. I think that's such a good analysis. It's like, it's so crazy to me also, because I feel like SNL is very good at picking the up and coming folks, right? Especially for musical talent. Like they'll pick some people like a few months ahead of when those people are like actually pretty mainstream but yeah with Camila Cabello it's like oh like this she's still cool right like (laughs) I don't know I also love that you agreed with me on the Shawn Mendes thing because I do really believe that everyone chose him in the breakup so yes
0: absolutely the thing is it's funny because we did choose him we will never stream his album but we did choose him like
1: he's like the I think he has a better reputation he's more of like the America's Sweetheart you know and like again he is a problematic white boy but the fact that he's a white boy and he's less problematic than camilla Caveo tells you everything that you need to know about oh,
0: camilla. that's true and to be fair maybe it's sexism maybe it's maybelline i don't know anyway hiba it's time for that moment of the episode what is your ranking of this episode of snl
1: negative 17 no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding (gasps) no um it wasn't that bad um okay i would like to rank this episode i think probably like a four out of ten dying cowboys Mm. from the tombstone Mm. sketch i i feel like that's probably the lowest rating i've given to be honest i was just really underwhelmed and like also i was biased i think rightfully so given all the reasons that we laid out but I literally like I watched this episode and I was like, OK, whatever. And then I was going back through like and watching some of the YouTube um, like ones to prepare for this and put my notes together. And I could not pick out a single sketch that I loved. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, like I know that the writers are better than that. It just like the gloom of Jake Hall and Camilla Cabello mm-hmm, could mm-hmm. not be polished up enough for me to like it. So for that reason, I give it a four out of ten.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. My ranking is 6.5 out of 10 truck stop CDs. And let me be honest, I'm actually at a four with Hiba when it comes to Jake. And I did like the Camilla Cabello performances enough to push me up. But here's the thing. I think this episode started out strong enough. But once the spring flowers hit and it became extremely clear to me that Jake was going to sing as much as possible i was so over it i mean he clearly loves snl he watches on saturdays he is a theater kid who is overgrown and the thing is like if my friend let's say at the end of a work day said hey i have tickets to the show on broadway and i was like all right like who is it and she was like well jake gyllenhaal's in it and i'd be like no fine i'm bored i would go (laughs) unfortunately i might go however I actually also feel like the past six months have been so saturated with this boy's name that I'm so over him. I mean, where do we begin? Spider-Man. All too well. He was in this movie called The Guilty. He was in this other movie called Ambulance. He's still dating a 24-year-old French model. Like He has so much going on, but he's also so weird. Every time he is put in the press, it is making me hate him more. Therefore, I don't want to weird shame him, but I do want to not hear from him for like another year or so. And so that is my wish. That is my wish that this SNL episode was the last I hear of him in 2022.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I'm so tired of him and I just need him to retire.
0: Exactly. In fact, I think what he needs to do is he needs to take a note from Sean Mendez. Okay, he needs to be the Sean Mendes of his life and figure out a way to get out of here.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that was good. <laughs> anyway, thank you
0: guys very much for listening to this episode. Hibba, thank you for being here with me.
1: Absolutely.
0: And come at us next week when we'll be talking about an episode we actually enjoyed, which is Lizzo hosting with Lizzo musical guesting. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.